so you can go to the shore, the mall, wherever you want to do, 7 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. will be the uh, times of service, and we will be dressed down. Uh, Reverend Poole will come back up because he wants to, uh, well, let me take the offertory so they don't get tired of standing. Come on. Praise the name of Jesus. Do we have somebody for the offertory? Come on. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Baby, don't be bashful. Come on, darling. Come on. Here you go. Can everybody please stand? Now repeat after me, say, the Lord has done it again. The Lord has done it again. The next voice that you will hear after us looks. Ho, ho, I got to get Mike up here. Hold, hold on, baby. Okay. Ho, ho, I'll come right back to you. You did good. Reverend, uh, Mike Poole, church, amen. Praise the Lord, St. Matthews. Um, wanted to take just an opportunity. We recognize the teachers and called them up here for discipleship. On Second Sunday, it takes a lot of people to do what we do. And so we have from the kitchen staff to security to our three or five interviewers to those individuals who actually um, sign, take attendance and sign everybody in. So I want to ask if you have anything to do with the Discipleship Sunday on Second Sunday, please stand because we just want to say thank you to you and just Amen. recognize you. So all volunteers, Amen. all the nursery staff, anybody who has Amen. anything to do, I know those My that are God, in the kitchen as well, we want to thank you for your service and commitment because it takes a lot to pull off Second Sunday. So thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. Amen. I understand. Mike Garagusco, you're, you're in the back. Just stand. Just stand where you are. Strong Christian, charge of a, uh, there he is, charge of the uh, karate program. God bless you. Glad you're here. Thank you. My daughter and son, my daughters and sons, uh, we paid for them to go and they came home and did something like this. So I told them we sent them to South Philly. Thank, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. All right. We ready now. Come on back up, darling. Come on back up. You can do it. 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 <laughs> the next voice that you will hear after a selection by the youth choir will be that of our very own senior pastor, Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr., our Bible teacher. Bible preacher, teacher, spiritual leader, and man of God. Who? Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho. What happens if you get over 50? <laughs>
Hey, let's give our youth choir a hand. This is their last Sunday for the summer. They're off until September. All right, so we're going to rock a little bit. Here we go.
thank you for this extraordinary worship service. Thank you for our bus ministry. Thank you for the graduates. Thank you, Lord God, for the people who finished discipleship and all of the enablers in that area. Thank you for your goodness, mercy, and grace. We pray for the tragedies that have taken place overnight. And God, we ask that you would meet us in your word. Convict, convince, if need be convert. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, say amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. And I want to give honor to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to our youth pastor on his birthday. Hallelujah. Pastor Cleefold and to all the ministers, co-laborers in the gospel, and all of you, we greet you in the name that is above every name. Praise the name of Jesus. This morning, I'm going to challenge you from the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel, the book of Daniel, and remember the prefix, suffix of E-L denotes God, so... Daniel has a suffix on the back, God is my judge, which the word Daniel means. And I'm in verse 8 of chapter 1, and we know it well. We hope not to be before you long, but to get out what the Holy Spirit has given me as a major segue of what we spoke about earlier, this culture. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. Daniel purposed in his heart. Don't miss that. Daniel gave his heart a purpose for God. This morning, I want to preach around the subject, taking your temperature. Right. Taking your temperature. And in the light of all that's going on in our society, and in the light of the characteristics of this church age in which in Revelation 2 and 3 there are seven churches of Asia Minor five of the seven were corrupt lights were out works were noted judgment was coming only two churches that Jesus himself examined and applauded and that was the church of Smyrna and the word Smyrna means a church that was crushed. It's the crushing of olives. And then the church of Philadelphia, the church of brotherly love, and the church in which Jesus said, because you've been faithful, I will open a door of opportunity for you. Taking your temperature. One's temperature is indicative 
of one's body function as symptoms of a fever, amen, when they attack us, we feel overheated, we have chills, we feel limp, we have soreness, we have a loss of appetite, and there are other things that are indicative of the fact that we have an internal sickness. All we have to do is turn on the news and it's very apparent that something is radically wrong with the world in which we live. Um, that there is a sickness throughout society called sin. And this sin has permeated and polluted people to no degree. That today, somebody will kill you for a nickel. Somebody will kill you for nothing. Somebody will devastate and wipe you out for looking at them wrong. Anger is everywhere. Displacement is everywhere. Inferiority complexes are everywhere. And people have grown to the point where no one is really safe. Our society has become a jungle. And in a spiritual sense, there are temperatures which reflect the atmosphere of our times. In scripture, Jesus in Revelation 3, talking to the church about the church in Laodicea. And the word Laodicea means rights of the people. That's where we are. That people want the right to do what they want to do, when they want to do it, how they want to do it. There are no, no more absolutes, no values or ethics. It's uh, this is my life. I do what I want to do, me, myself, and I. It is a dangerous involvement. And in that text of Revelation 3, Jesus talks about three temperatures. He said, I wish you were hot. Hotness denotes being completely committed to Christ. And he said, if, you, if you're not going to be hot, then be cold. Cold denotes being removed, totally removed from those things of Christ. But then there's a third temperature called lukewarmness. And Jesus says in Revelation 3, around 16th verse, don't turn, but if you're lukewarm, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. I'm going to spew you out. That this, this, this lukewarm atmosphere is a tippet, is hypocritical, is professing to know Christ, but not truly belonging to him. And it is a careless, casual camouflage, conditioned, compromised, complacent temperature, which 
is minus of respect, restraint. Amen. It it is it is a it is an atmosphere of of chaos. Of chaos, of chaos, of chaos. God says, I am not the God of confusion, first Corinthians fourteen forty, but I'm a God of order. And whenever you see chaos, you see confusion and um, what's happening in our midst, and I still believe we belong to the greatest country in the world. I pledge allegiance to my flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands. The problem is we get away from our covenant. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice, supposedly for all. Don't always equate that way. And um, having served seven years in the military during the Vietnam conflict, I, I take it personal that uh, I fought for this country. I, I gave my life for this country. I have a right to be upset. When others were conscientious objectors going into Canada, running away from the government, da 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 da, -da and all those people now are running the country. Yeah, we'll talk about that another time. They ran, but now they're running. Isn't that interesting? Um, and I, I, uh, I have a problem with the fact that um, our families have been plummeted, our marriages are in disarray, our ministries have been messed up, and as we look at this culture, it's only getting worse and worse. It's not getting better and better. It's, going, it's getting worse and worse. And, and, and what's happening culturally and um, um, through this gradual movement towards anarchy, uh, anti-nomanism is a theological term. Anti means against. Nomanism is law. It's against the law. It's against law. People don't respect laws no more. People don't respect authority anymore. People don't respect... Everybody wants to exercise their rights at the expense of others. And, um, man, how far we've come. From yes, ma'am, no, sir, to hey, dog. How, how far we have lost respect for elders... We have lost respect for the church. We have lost respect for ourselves. And it's, it's here, it's here that uh, uh, the book of Daniel, God is my judge, is both a mouthpiece for the Jews and the Gentiles regarding a seven-year period of captivity. And, and, and understand this so you can kind of understand the book, that uh, the book of Isaiah was God's mouthpiece for salvation. For he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, Isaiah 53. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, substitutionary offering, we are healed. So Isaiah talks about salvation, and Jeremiah talks about God's judgment. And then Daniel talks about God's kingdom. Yeah. And Ezekiel talks about God's glory. So when we look at the major prophets, we start to put together a, uh, 
a whole theological platform of prophetic utterances. And what he gives Daniel is end time outcomes. It's prophetic. And it's, and it's interesting because the culture in which we live is polluted, perverted, preemptive, and pretentious. It is, it is, it is a, uh, it is a culture that's Christless. It is a culture that's cursed. And, and, and see, the problem is, theologically, I'm talking to my Bible students, the problem is, Paul's exhortation was, and be not conformed to the world system. Don't let the world mold you. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Are y'all getting this? The problem with what, uh, amen, Paul preached in the first century and the Holy Spirit inspired him to write that and it's great. The problem today is that we're not, we don't have to go into the world. The world is coming into us through social media, TV. Do I have a witness? Uh, the world's not waiting any longer for you to step out your door, get in your car, and go into the world. The world says, you know what? I'm going to meet you on your couch. I'm going to meet you in your bedroom. I'm going to bring all of the damnable heresies right into your lap. Do I have a witness? So, so, so here you are. You just got married. You're struggling to get to know one another. You're struggling, amen, through your marriage. And here comes uh, the housewives of Atlanta. Like, you need this. Do I have a witness? It's tight, but it's right. The, the, listen, the medium in which Satan is operating is he's coming to us making suggestions of how we ought to live and what we ought to believe. Do I have a witness? And, 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 so, and, so, and, so, and so, child of God, if you, if you have your ear... Amen to the culture. You don't see anything wrong with perversion. You don't see anything wrong with lesbianism, homosexuality. You, you don't see anything wrong with a child cussing a parent out. You, you, don't, you don't see anything wrong. Yeah, with people that have no integrity. Yeah, with political leaders who are aspiring to be president acting the fool. You know why we don't have problems with that? Because, see, our temperature has become lukewarm. Do I have a witness? I, and, and, and so, child, child of God, child of God, I'm not trying to take you back to the 50s and 60s. I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to get you to see something, child of God, that, amen. I mean, I love my cell phone. I, I, I left home one day, and, and I was in my car, and I said, boy, I left my cell phone home. I just kept going. I said, you know what? How many years did I live without a cell phone? It's not, that's, I, I don't need one to exist. Now, I did miss it. Do I have a witness? But I remember them days when we had to pull a car over and go into that stinking phone booth 
I'm from Philly. Do I have a witness? Put a coin in and hope it wasn't broke. And, and, and then somebody, somebody was outside of the booth waiting for us to get finished so they could get in. Mm. There was a time, Dr. Bettner, when I had to get in my car and go sin. Now sin comes to me. Do I have a witness? Through all the pornography and all the magazines, all the uh, illicit commercials, I'm preaching up in this place. Uh, do I have a witness? And it dawned on me that this culture has impacted my life. There's something on the inside like Pavlov's yeah, experiment, experiment where we're being conditioned with a stimuli. And every stimuli has a response. Are y'all praying with me? Yeah, when I hear the bell ring, I, I start going in a certain way. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Years ago, laying in bed with my wife, just flicking the channels. Thank God for the remote. And, and when we just watching TV, and I'm sitting there, pastor, preacher, studying the word, praying. And late at night, on a commercial, hi, what is your name? You can call me at this 800 number. We can get together tonight. Sister Gordon said, turn that channel. I said, I'm trying. It won't work. <laughs> this thing ain't working. The batteries, something's wrong with the batteries. And, I, and, see, and see, my flesh said, you got to see this one out. <laughs> are y'all with me? So there was a stimuli that was trying to connect with my response. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. You got in you a sin nature that keeps responding to the stimuli of Satan. Then you come to church and lie about it, that you don't have one. You do have one. It, it's not always perversion and sex. Could be the love of money. Could be the love of fame. Could be me, myself, and I. Could be applause, appreciation. Come on now. You, it's something you need that Satan says, I'll bring it. Can he bring it? He can bring it. And so, child of God, child of God. We get into this book of Daniel. Daniel talks about four kingdoms that will determine the end of time. The first one is Babylon. It's the head of the image of gold. And the corresponding animal is an eagle. Hmm. Interesting. Medes and the Persians, silver, corresponding animal is a bear with three ribs in his mouth. Exerces was a bad boy. The third is the Greeks. Alexander the Great, who almost took the world over at 32, 
He's got four generals under him, and the corresponding animal was the leopard. He was swift. But there was a, the fourth one was dreadful. In 167 B.C., before the birth of Christ. And this one was part iron and part clay, feet and legs. It was a beast up to 476 A.D. and into the future, what was this beast? Rome, a system of the Antichrist. Interesting. Okay, Daniel, we, God has given you some insights and God has given you some deep illustrations of what's coming. And this young teenage boy of 15, he and his friends, were captivated, captive, taken into Babylon. Ezekiel was taken in. And when you read the story, God had already pronounced Nebuchadnezzar as his servant. That Nebuchadnezzar wasn't even thinking about Jerusalem. He was going another way. And God put it on his heart to go back to Jerusalem and take them into captivity. And this is the time of captivity, 606. Amen to 596, 86 BC. You're going to go in and you're going to take these three, these four teenagers who, who by the way, were intelligent, had insight, had their lives together, uh, uh, no blemish. They, they had conviction. And, 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 and here's what we're going to do. First, we, we, we start to see a temperature of conditioning, brainwashing their thinking. Brainwashing, brainwashing, brain, a lukewarmness, a temperature of conditioning, a gradual brainwashing. And how the world brainwashes the church. Mm. That this situation of us being conditioned in Daniel started with a designation. First of all, if I'm a brainwashing, let me start changing the names. I've got to deplete what they know about God and replace it with what I want to replace it with. It's called brainwashing. I am so glad I got a mind on my own. You know, I don't let nobody, nobody, nobody. You can come up to me and say, 600 members are thinking this, and I'll say, God bless all 600 of you. Bye. Don't let folk play with my mind. You know why? Because I've seen too much. Uh -uh. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. You can't make me doubt it. I know too much about it. He may not come when you want him, but he's right on time. Can I get a witness? One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of them all. You, you can call him whatever you want to call him. To me, <laughs> the king is Jesus. Do I have a witness? And the king will always be Jesus. Do I have a witness? And the king, his only queen, is the church, not Mary. Do I have a witness? He's full of grace and he's full of truth. So they changed their names. And that's something Satan will always try to do. He wants to change 
how we designate, how we see ourselves. And so I don't want to go through the name changes, but um, he changed Hananiah, which means the Lord is gracious, to Shadrach, which means a, a command of a Kael, another god. Mishael, who was like the Lord, was changed to Meshach, which is a Kael is amen of what a Kael is. And then uh, Azariah, the Lord is my helper, was changed to a bendigo or a bad negro, whatever you want to call it. Shadrach, Meshach, and the bendigo. Now, now, isn't it interesting that when we tell this story, church folk know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but they don't know Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. We, we know the wrong name. Do I have a witness? And so, child of God, young people, the world, the culture will try to brainwash you. They, they dealt with their des designations, they dealt with their diets, and they tried to deal with their dedications. But the Bible says, but Daniel purposed. In his heart. No, 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 you're not changing me. I'm not going to allow you to change me. And, and here's one of my pet peeves. Listen, nothing wrong with you being on social media. Nothing wrong with Facebook, Twitter. The one thing we got to examine is, are you addicted to these social mediums? I see people, they can't even shake your hand because they got a phone in it. They can't eat a meal because they got a phone in this hand. Do I have a witness? We, we are addicted to a culture that says, you don't have to come into the world. We're going to bring the world right to you. I love the fact that I can get on my phone and Google, pull down information. I love that. But how much time do I spend in God's word? Relative to my phone. And I make sure I charge that phone every night. If I don't charge nothing else, I'm going to charge that phone. And if that charger break you out the door, I got to get another charger. Do I have a witness? That, 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 that when we start to look at, start to look at, start to look at. I had, a, I had an iPhone years ago. I, I got a, I got the real phone now, but. You know, you could talk to the lady and she talked back to you. And that fascinated us. What's her name? Syria. Who? Syria. I said, Siri. Oh, okay. I, I thought her name was Melissa. He said, Siri, Siri, Mrs. Wife, Siri. We get there talking to Siri, and she's speaking back, and then we try to call her name, and she won't bite. And I love you too, and then I better stop while I'm ahead. <laughs> hey, Siri. What you doing after church? 
Wait and see. There is a, and, and, and listen, I had to walk away. I'm not going to be before you. I had to say, am I being conditioned by this world system? And the answer is yes. Satan is gradually, ingeniously adding dimensions into my life to condition me. Lord have mercy. Mm, mm, mm. But Daniel, but Daniel, but Daniel, but Daniel, but Daniel, purpose. See, see, here's the thing about temperature. Now, now, and Reverend Tunstall reminded me of this because I preached this years ago. The difference between a thermometer and a thermostat. A thermometer just reflects the temperature of the room. A thermostat, like the Holy Spirit, regulates the room. Lord have mercy. And if you get that on the way home, it's going to bless your heart. When God comes in, and when God is in charge of your heart, and when God is ordering your steps, he's regulating stuff. He's not registering stuff. He's regulating righteousness. He's regulating things that are in your life. Yes, we're being conditioned. Mm. Look at the second thing that's here. Not only do we see a temperature of conditioning, and, and, and by the way, uh, verse 10, Daniel goes to the prince by faith and says, listen, you're giving us these diets of the king's meat and wine, which we don't want to eat because they've been offered to other gods. Give us, by faith, vegetables. We'll eat them two weeks, and we'll be fatter than the ones eating the meat. He trusted God in the midst of a conditioning process. Don't miss that. The world is telling us how our marriages ought to be. Not the Bible. The world is telling us how we ought to treat one another. Not forgiving, but not forgiving people. Not loving, but liking. The world is conditioning our sexuality. Oh, you ain't got to talk about this one. And teenagers, and I said it before, I'm going to say it again, you do not have the right to question your sexuality. You don't have a right. You are a girl, a boy, you're a man, or you're a woman. You are the way God made you. God didn't tell you to hate anybody. God didn't tell you to, to, to ridicule people. God is a God of love, but God is also a God of truth. temperature of conditioning. Man, I was, listen, in the military, I was a whoremonger. I, I was out there. That's all I wanted to do. 
just run the streets and do my thing. Yeah. When I got saved, I said, there's no way I can live this life on my own. Are y'all with me? When I got married, I said, there's no way one woman is going to satisfy me. I, I came from a background. Are y'all getting this? Where I invited this stuff into my life. But thanks be to God. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he overruled my stuff. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he gave me stability where I was unstable. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, what I didn't want to turn down, I willingly turned down because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. God is not asking you to do anything. He's just asking you to trust him. Somebody said he's able. He's able to keep you from falling. He's able to present you faultless before his presence. He's able. He's able. That's why we keep trusting Jesus, because he's able. Isn't he able? Yeah, he's able. He, he, listen, Jesus took, amen, fishermen who were messed up and made them apostles. He took whores, whores, and harlots and made them evangelists. Uh, can I get a witness? He took prostitutes and, yeah, and made them proclaim his goodness. When Jesus comes in, something's got to go out. Can I get a witness? When he comes in, something has got to go out. Uh, what say ye, my brother? What say ye, my sister? Uh, 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 and, and one of the sisters who was uh, kind of a wounded prostitute met Jesus one day, got to this long dialogue. Do I have a witness? She dropped her water pots and ran back into the city. I feel like preaching now. And told the city, come see a man. That told me all that I ever did is not this for Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But then secondly, we see the temperature of compromise. Turn to chapter 321. I'm, I'm getting out of your way. 321, come on now. Now, see, we move from conditioning to compromise. Compromise and complacency are cousins. It starts with conditioning. Now, now let me stop, Paul's and Park. I didn't say this this morning. Here's how you know your life is compromised. How much, see, conditioning has to do with your thinking. It's a brainwashing of what you believe. Compromise is how much can you tolerate and feel okay with it? Uh-oh. You know, I love military pictures. I love gangster pictures. I love, I, I love but when they start cussing too much, I, 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 I got to stop my DVD. I got to stop 
Are y'all praying with me? I got, I got to cut my TV off on there because there's something that's in the cursing that's grieving somebody in me. Do I have a witness? Uh, child of God, child of God, I, I, I just can't on a continuous basis hear MF and this and that and this and that and say that the Holy Ghost lives inside of me and be all right with it. Something's wrong with the temperature of my spirituality. Why, preacher? Because I don't even cuss like that no more. There was a time when I called you out of your name. There was a time when I pulled down words I couldn't say in front of my mother and father. There was a time, I'm preaching up in this place, when I labeled people, when, when I polluted this and I perverted this. There was a time. But now the comforter becomes a discomforter. Now somebody on the inside says, wait a minute, I got a problem with what you just said. I got a problem with what you just felt. I got a problem with the way you're walking. I got a problem with the things you agree to. Your tolerance is evil. I'm talking to church folk. See, that's what happened to Lot. Remember Lot? Oh, don't, go, don't get quiet now. Remember Lot? Lot was saved. He was a righteous man. But he lived in Sodom and Gomorrah. He wasn't a homosexual, but he lived there. And the Bible says, and what he saw vexed his spirit. Are y'all going to say amen or what, man? So the angels come through. Here come, here come three heavenly beings walking by the trees of Mamre in Genesis 18. One of them is Jesus Christ pre-incarnate he stops there and says let me meet with Abraham so we can negotiate whether I destroy this city or not so Abraham said wait a minute Lord if you find if you find 20 25 there where you're spared uh, and, and, and they they start negotiating Abraham got all the way down to 10 and God said you know what if I find 10 righteous I'll spare the city but God couldn't find 10 I'm preaching up in this place can I get a witness and the Bible says that the other two angels turned back and said, we're going on. And they walked into Sodom. Lord, have mercy. Genesis 19, if you want the word. They walked into Sodom, and Lot was at the gate. He was an elder. And Lot said, come on to my house and fellowship with me. They said, we don't want to fellowship with you because you're out of fellowship. Do I have a witness? And the Bible says that when the angels got inside of Lot's house, that the men of the city who had been taken over with a homosexual spirit said, let us come in, bring them out that we may know them. And the angels pushed Lot back and blinded all the men of the city. Lord have mercy. Come on, Lot, pack up. We got to go. Hell is on its way. Do I have a witness? And as and 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 and, and let me let me let me stop parking and, and pause on this one because Lot's two daughters had watched this stuff for so long that they were caught up in incest. I'm preaching up in this place. Can I get a witness? 
This thing is tight. Isn't it tight? And as they're running out of the city, Lot's wife, whose heart was inside him, say, I left my heart. Say, I left my heart in the wrong place. Isn't that right? And she, she had to turn around to see what she loved. And the Bible says she turned to a pill of salt. Or do I have a witness? Child of God, a, a little leaven can leaven the whole lump. You know why I'm in so much conflict and battle every day? Because I live the life of pornography. I live the life of fornication. I live chasing women, trying to have... I did that stuff for years. And when I got saved, God forgave the sin. But he never erased the experiences. I do have a witness. And now that I'm trying to live right, Satan keeps bringing back all this mess in my mind and with my mind i serve the law of god but in my flesh the law of sin oh wretched man that i am who shall deliver me from the body of this death and then paul says but thanks be to god who gives us the victory do I have a witness? He gave it to us. He didn't sell it to us. He gave it to us. He didn't lend it to us. He gave it to us. Uh, compromise. Complacency. When you hear the sound of the dope book, uh, conditioning, fall down, cooperation, worship, commit, amen, be condemned. When you hear the sound of this great, uh, yeah, false idol, fall down and worship it, or else I will throw you in a fiery furnace. And the three Hebrew boys said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to disrespect you. We know who you are. You're king. And we respect that. We've been living in Babylon for some time now, and we respect that. We know all the power under your jurisdiction, and we respect that. But be it known. But, 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 but let it be known. We will not fall down and worship this image. I do I have a witness. And you know the story. He said, if you don't fall down, I'm going to heat it up seven times hotter, and I'm going to throw you in. Can I get a witness? And he told the soldiers, throw them in the oven. Can I get a witness? And the Bible says that they bound them up with ropes, and they threw them in the fiery furnace. And let me tell you something about your conflict. You can be in the fire, but Jesus can snatch the heat out. Can I get a witness? You can be going through hell, but Jesus will make it heaven. Can I get a witness? Uh, you, you can go through something, but he'll walk through that something with you. Can I get a witness? Child of God, when they threw him in, Nebuchadnezzar said, wait a minute. We got a math problem here. Did not I throw three in? But behold, I see a fourth one. And it looks like the Son of God, 
Won't he walk with you? Won't he go through the fire with you? Won't he go through the flood with you? Won't he bear your burdens in the heat of the day? I'm talking about Jesus. He's able. Uh, uh, uh. Thank you, Jesus. What a mighty God we serve. But they that wait, I'm coming in now. Upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. He shall mount them up with wings like eagles. Uh, he shall, can I get a witness? You can run and not get weary. Say yeah. You can walk and not faint. Say yeah. But the Lord is good. I'm your refuge. I'm your stronghold. I'm your help in the time of trouble. Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be cast into the midst of the sea, though the waters roar thereof, there is a stream. Say yeah. You gotta keep bringing back the promises. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And we know that all things are working together for the good of they that love the Lord and called according to his purpose. No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. See, the difference between fear and faith, amen, is you facilitating promises. Can I get a witness? The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my high tower. The Lord is my friend. Say yeah. When, when hell is on its way, I dare you to be still and know that he is God. I'm coming in now. I got to come in. Uh, we see the condition and we see, yeah, we see the complacement. We, we see, we see the compromising. Lord have mercy. But finally, we see a commitment in spite of the conflict. You just got to hold on a little while longer. Can I get a witness? I know all hell is breaking out in your life. I know, I know you prayed and you haven't gotten an answer. I know it looks like God didn't hear you. Well, Daniel knows what you went through. Daniel knows what you're going through because he felt the same way. He prayed three weeks and never heard from God. Can I get a witness? A uh, child of God, we, we saw in chapter 4, he interpreted a dream about uh, Nebuchadnezzar. We saw in chapter 5, the handwriting on the walls, me, meeny, meeny, tickle you fasten. We saw in, saw in chapter 6, he was in a lion's den. Chapter 7, he saw the vision of the four beasts. Chapter 9, he gives the prophecy, uh, the perpetual prophecy of God's people. But now we're in chapter 10. We see a pause in his prayer. Three and a half weeks, he's praying. Be careful with chapter 10 because first, one like ancient of days, son of man, Jesus, pre-incarnate, is talking to Daniel. 
Then out of nowhere, this high-ranking angel called Gabriel appears. Only two angels by name are in Scripture, Gabriel and Michael. There's another strong one in Revelation who's going to chain Satan, put him into the bottomless pit. But these are some bad boys. Can I get a witness? And his prayer is paused, the period of perplexity in, in the Bible. The, the, the Bible says that Daniel, God heard your prayer the moment you prayed it. But I had the answer to your prayer, and as I was coming through the sky, the prince of Persia, Satan and his demonic forces, they fought me in the sky so I couldn't bring the prayer back to you. Now, stop pausing part. Bible students, that's why Jesus said in John 16, it's expedient that I go away, that the Holy Ghost might come. We don't have to wait, wait on no angels to deliver a message. We got the Holy Ghost. Uh, can I get a witness? And, and, and he got into a gang war in the sky against these demonic forces. Can I get a witness? And then he called back to heaven for help. And Michael, E-L, suffix, Michael is a bad boy. Michael is the prince of Israel. Michael, Michael, Michael is not Christ. He's a strong angel that defends Israel. He pulled out a sword with all of his angels and they fought. Satan in the sky, and he told Gabriel, take the message back. Could it be that in your prayers there was conflict so you could not receive what you've been praying about? Can I get a witness? But child of God, child of God, child of God, child of God, uh, uh, we, we, we need to understand that Jesus is Savior, not a substitute. We need to understand that when we take our temperature, it shouldn't be a fever but a fervor. It shouldn't be faithlessness but faithfulness. It shouldn't be fruitlessness but amen. Hey, can I get a witness? It ought to be God facilitating so that we are not conditioned, complacent, compromising, and in conflict. What are you saying, preacher? My God huh, is an awesome God. My God has all the answers. My God's got all the healing. My God's got everything that I need, and it's in Christ Jesus. Can I get a witness? I don't want to be conditioned by this system. I don't want to be compromising and complacent in this system. I don't want, Lord, have mercy, through my conflict to be affected by the system. I want to live as if God is for me. I want to live as if Jesus is coming back and he's going to, yeah, do all that I need right now. I just need to call one name, which is above every name. And he is the greatest. I said Jesus is the greatest. He never lost a fight. Can I get a witness? He was knocked down for three rounds. But early on Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. Isn't that right? And because he lives, we live. Isn't that right? He's king of kings. Jesus is lord of lords. Jesus is the potentate of paradise. Can I get a witness? What is your temperature? And how much tolerance do you have? What really bothers you?
when you turn on the television or pull down stuff on your social media? What really bothers you? Can you hear continual cussing and be okay with it? Can you see perversion, perverted sex and be okay with it? What, what bothers you? Because if nothing bothers you, huh, and you're not bothered by nothing, something's wrong with your spiritual life. Can I get a witness? There ought to come a time when you say enough is enough. Is, 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 is enough in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, him that is filthy, continue to be filthy. Him that's clean, continue to be clean. We have a mandate to walk in righteousness. And in our weakness, we give it over to him. But are you being conditioned? Are you being compromised, complacent? And because of your conflict, are you about to give up? Never. The Lord is my light. And with him, through him, and by him, I'm going to live a sanctified life where when the world does its thing, I can pull back and say, this is not what a Christian ought to be about. Let's stay on our feet this morning. As every head is bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you need to be saved. The world is going to hell for rejecting Jesus. Jesus died for your sins, was buried, rose again. Simple as ABC, admit, believe, and confess. If you want to be saved, raise your hand. Bus people, raise your hand. We love you. You want to give your life to Christ, raise your hand. I see hands. Be honest. Come on out. Come on up. Church, say amen. This is why we do this ministry. Come on. We love you. Come on. Meet me. Meet me. This is why we, this is why we do this ministry. Hallelujah. Hi, darling. Hey, man. Love you, man. Love you, man. Love you, man. Come on up here. Love you. Stay, stay right here. Stay right here. Thank you, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. This is why we do this ministry. Step out. Step out. You want to give your life to Jesus Christ. Come on now. You're either saved or unsaved. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. Give your life to Christ. If you want to be saved, just raise your hand. Jesus loves you. He will. He will change your life. He will open up doors that no man can close. Close doors that no man can open. Just step on out. Balcony downstairs. Praise Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, baby. Thank you. Thank you. Praise Jesus. Come on, step out. Step out. In the back, balcony, step out. Step out. Step out. Step out. Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ. And when he saves you, you're saved. Is there another? Is there another? Is there another? Give your life to Jesus. Don't worry about these people here. They may not be saved. You make sure you're born again. You've given your life to Christ. My graduates, are all of you saved? If not, come on up front. The door is open. Step out right now. Balcony. If God can save and change me, God can save and change anybody. Will you come? Will you come? Bless the Lord.
I, 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 I congratulate all of you. Praise Jesus. The Lord's going to bless you. 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 Can you follow the ministers, please? All right, get your pocket back. Praise Jesus. Anybody else? You know, Pastor don't pull no punches now. Time is short. Isn't it short? It's the goodness of God, Romans 2, that leads men to repentance. Isn't that right? All right. We've had a lot going on today. Thank you. First, let me thank our youth pastor. We love you, man. Want to thank all the youth workers, youth choir. Thank you. Want you guys to have a great summer. And don't let nobody make up your mind for you. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Baby, you sang. Come on out here. You sang, girl. You sang. You sang, baby. You sang. Sang, baby. Come on. Oh, Lord. You sang. Listen, let me say this to you. Ain't many of us left. You sang. Praise Jesus. Now, discipleship meal and discipleship classes. Go in the gym. Get your picnic tickets at $10. Sign up for the marriage retreat. Pastor loves you. Pray for us. Um, next Sunday, should the Lord speak. Next Saturday is our picnic, Tall Pines. Next Sunday is Father's Day. Pastor's preaching. Then Pastor's going to fly out to Tampa, Florida. Pray for me. Everything is covered. Let's look to the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that in this culture of Christlessness, confusion, perversion, preemption, that you still have voices, you still have prophets, you still have preachers Amen. who are not afraid to stand on your word. Amen. And we thank you, Lord, for our church, such a great church, great people. Bless every family under the sound of my voice. Bless the food that has been prepared for the nourishments of our minds and bodies. And just bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Now turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. what is your temperature?